2: This Yikes! Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing purple frogs. Just like Bubba said, you in trouble, y'all. check the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block? Stop the one hand. Impact we trust, it's power have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: Welcome to the Five on the Floor podcast. This is not Ethan Skolnick. I'm sorry to inform you guys, to to my surprise as well. I'm back for a second time. Alex Toledo uh, hosting the second time this week after never having done this before. Uh, take that up with Ethan if you have a problem with it. It wasn't my idea, but here we are. We had to do a quick reaction pod to this game. I'm here with the two main five reasons Miami Heat beat Riders. Brady Hawk and Marco Romo. These guys are putting out the most consistently great Heat writing. These guys are just producing on a level just that nobody saw coming. Even even though Brady had already you know set that high standard. These guys are taking it to another step this year, and just like we've talked about with Tyler Hero and Bam out of Iowa. To talk about those guys and more, we have them here. I want to go to you guys first because uh, I want to keep my opinions for later. I'm trying to be the point guard here as the host. I'm new to this role, and I want to defer to you guys here a little bit. Let's talk about the game first, right? The Heat lost to the Lakers in a game where LeBron was never going to play that he were healthy at first, and then, then lost Jimmy to a sprained ankle in the second quarter. I want to go to you first, Brady. What do you think about the first half in general, the way that the game turned out? It feels like a lot of people were disappointed, especially with that first half, since we're just going to go chronologically here. Uh, what were your takeaways from there before we even talk about what they improved or did not improve run in the second half? Yeah, I think the first
1: thing, if we're talking about a specific player, it wasn't the
2: to early on.
1: Uh, at the beginning, it was Jimmy Butler. It was a pretty much a repeat of what we've seen in the past where he came out and he was getting to the free throw line, doing whatever he wanted. Um, and once the sprint ankle happened, it was all Tyler Hero. So that was kind of the big topic um, of this one because of just his ability to knock down the three efficiently, which we haven't seen. Um, obviously the last season, he's hitting the mid range. He was doing all the things we know he's capable of doing. And I think it was interesting just the way they kind of went about defensively uh, it was just a really mess of a game early on. Like I think we spent four minutes in, there was what two to two, like there was just not a normal game early on where I think you feel good from that aspect that I think you feel comfortable against a team like this defensively that you can throw, you know, one guy at a guy like AD or Westbrook and you can double and make them make their role players make shots, which guys did for the Lakers like Avery Bradley uh, and others tonight. But obviously that won't happen all the time. But I think that's the difference when we talked about it with Jokic the other night, like, they don't have a Jokic throw a skip pass over the top when you double them. Like they don't have these types of guys that are really going to make you uh, in trouble on the defensive end where I think you feel comfortable against an offense like this. But overall, you know, um, in the first half, I think it was just a lot of Tyler hero. You kind of feel good about what you're seeing from him. And it's still, once again, bench roll starter. It does not matter. Like I feel like we have to say that once again, that like no matter we're going to talk about Duncan Robinson, we're going to talk about these different things. But seeing Tyler Hero do this does not mean he has to be in the starting lineup. Like, he's getting probably more minutes than anybody on this team, night in, night out. That it doesn't make a difference. Uh, So I think that was the interesting thing. And then as well as seeing Udonis Haslam and Omer Yurtzman end up getting minutes all of a sudden because we knew they were going to have to slot somebody in because they had ninth man open without Markeith Morris in there, and they already slotted Kayla Martin in there. But seeing Udonis Haslam get minutes and Omer Yurtzman, it kind of signaled what kind of game this was where it seemed like a little bit there, they were kind of, it was going to be a positive spark. Uh, and, then, and then when Tyler here threw a lob to Haslam, I think it kind of all went downhill.
2: I love everything you talked about there. I have to go over the Haslam stuff. I'm so glad that Spo loves him so much, though, and is willing to play him in, in situations like this. We see they were down Struis and uh, then lost Jimmy in the second quarter. They were down marquise and I'm surprised that they went to him so early. I, I, I got to say, like, I, I, I didn't expect that. I thought that he pretty much won the matchup versus Dwight, although Melo was cooking him. I, I just to be fair, as much as I love Haslam, I was just watching them. And it was hard to not watch the matchup with Haslam and Dwight while they were out there. It was and I barely had my eye on the ball. Right. Like the Lakers would somebody would be dribbling up top, setting up the action or potentially potentially dribbling and making something happen. And I would just be staring at Ud and Dwight because I'm like, something's going to go down here. This is not going to go well. And they're just wrestling the whole time. It was great. Then O'Meara comes in later on and is matched up versus A.D. the whole time and holds his ground. I know I talked about this on Marco's own uh, Twitter paces and spaces at halftime, but I I just I was really impressed with those minutes there in that in that second half of the second quarter. Some of the stuff I wanted to go over here was, I think there was, although I really liked their game plan for the most part on defense, there was a lot of soft switching going on. I don't hate it so much when it's Lowry doing it and somebody else helping. But a lot of times they were leaving Duncan on an island for just way too long. Like once you see that, if you're going to go ahead with that switching, like they have been, like, I feel like they got to send help faster when it's Duncan matched up versus AD. I understand Duncan's got the seven-foot wingspan, but you need, he needs more than that. You know he gets the fouls uh, called on him, and he, it's just not a good matchup whatsoever. That's just one random thing that I, that I think happened a little bit too often in this game. He should never be one-on-one against AD, never, right? Like you have so many guys who can bail him out. Then the half-court offense I think started off terribly in the beginning of the first quarter, and then by halftime, their offensive rating in the half court per cleaning the glass was better than the Lakers so I'm looking at it right now and the Lakers offensive rating in the half court ended up being better than the Heat by the time that the game ended but I just thought that was interesting the way that they kind of started out so slow against such a bad defensive starting lineup Uh and then were able to put it together later on with a bench with less talent so uh Marco any of those two things that you think you'd want to comment on as far as the first half that I just mentioned, or is there anything else that you took away from the first half before we take a break to go into the second?
0: No, I think you covered it all, but I think the one thing I want to push, I don't, I don't want to say push back on, but uh, just comment on is the switching stuff. I think they uh, did a better job in the second half of helping the guy. They created a lot of turnovers uh, because Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, they were trying some stuff that wasn't working at all. Uh, they got turnovers. They just weren't getting points off of those turnovers. The uh, the Lakers did a good job of scouting the uh, transition offense. Miami still got them a couple of times, but I think after the first half, I thought they did a better job at uh, addressing that problem they were having.
2: All right, so we're going to get into more of the second half, as Marco just kind of alluded to some of it there. But first, we got to actually do an ad read. I've never done this before, so bear with me here. But shout out to Everything Trade Shows, one of our many sponsors here at Five Reasons Sports Network. Does your company go to trade shows? Do you need a trade show exhibit? You need help to get going again. Maybe your marketing team isn't fully back yet. You need a one-stop shop. Trade shows are back. Full booth build and design. One-stop shop for trade shows, logistics, booth graphics, flooring and furniture. Some tips so you get noticed, renting versus buying. It's also based in Fort Lauderdale. So, you know, it's based in South Florida, can service all 50 states. You can schedule a free consultation with them or mention five reasons and get a free booth rendering. I mean, that's probably the most efficient way to go about it if you are going to hit them up. Again, mention five reasons and get a free booth rendering. Uh, you can call or text at 954-791-8882. Again, call or text 954-791-8882 or go to everythingtradeshows.com for more. Again, shout out everything trade shows and everything they do for us. Now, back to five on the floor. Welcome back. Sorry had to sit through that. I had to read Again, it's my first time. Give me a break. No Leif, no Ethan tonight. It's Alex Toledo hosting. No excuses. Next men up, I should say, with Brady Hawk and Marco Romo here. We got into the first half of the game in the first half of this pod a little bit. And now I want to go, go to the second half. Marco, you mentioned there how they improved on some of the stuff I was uh, complaining about in the second half regarding the the, the switching on defense. They were causing a lot more havoc. And I feel like this is something we've seen where guys will get better during a game and, and stuff that I think like they give up easy baskets for in the first half. We saw it with Bam versus Jokic in that Nuggets game where there was too many times that I feel like they let Jokic get a little bit of a runway. Not that they didn't focus their defense on him but just the way that they guard where they're constantly over helping maybe taking themselves out of position a little bit I feel like they adjusted on little things like that in the second half and Bam was really actually frustrating Jokic in some of that fourth quarter after Jokic was just you know make not making him look like a defensive player of the year at all in those first three quarters in this game I feel like besides Bam the rest of the defense was just way more on top of things in the second half and, and was really wreaking a lot more havoc like you mentioned First, let's go through the third quarter before we get into everything that happened in French time, right? Is there anything that you guys and any of you guys can jump in here took away from that third quarter there? I think the main thing I took away was, uh
0: besides Bam being in foul trouble, uh, finally not being in foul trouble, I should say, and letting them play the game, uh, was how they were comfortable letting uh, P.J. Tucker guard Russell Westbrook and, and Carmelo Anthony uh, because – uh, considering you really don't put PJ on uh, Russell Westbrook uh, to begin with, uh, you wouldn't think because he's such a fast uh, guard. But they were letting him go under the screens a lot. Uh, that was something I was. I like that they did that because that allows PJ to switch a lot more uh, on those one-four pick and rolls or one-five with Anthony Davis or Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I like that they made that adjustment because it, that uh, caused the Lakers to scramble a lot and when you scramble, you're going to give up some threes as well, and the Lakers were just hitting them, uh, to be honest. I think they had, uh, at one point, it was 14 for 20 or something like that. Sometimes guys just make shots, and those shots, they had three banked in threes, so, I mean, what more can you do uh, with that? So, you're going to have some of those games, like Bam said, it was that, that stuff, as he said, it was very, very annoying to kind of watch, but those games kind of happen, and that third quarter uh, they just couldn't separate themselves enough away from the Lakers. They just, they kept, they kept, they kept being within distance. And when you give a team that's shorthanded, that kind of uh, that you don't separate yourself too much, you're going to give that team a chance at the end.
2: I love everything you said there. You're doing a much better job along with Brady of articulating yourself than I am on this pod. I'm a little bit sloppy, but really like, the fact that the Heat didn't kill them in the rebounds, they they ended up losing the, the total rebounds by three. They've been a lead at that this season. You know, that's that's a smaller factor when you compare to the, the three-pointers like you were talking about there. They got up just as many as the Lakers, which I think is interesting, by the way, because the Heat got up so much less than the Nuggets in the last game. And obviously that's a product of uh, Jimmy going out in the second quarter mostly and them resorting to a lot of threes as well towards the end and, and some of those crunch time shots. But they got to the line 19 more times than the Lakers. That should be something that pads you to a W, right? Even with these other things that I've mentioned here. So I think that's a little bit frustrating. We're, we're obviously going to get into the, the stuff that's way more frustrating in the fourth quarter in just a bit, but I, I just think the three-point shooting stuff, it's it's hard to, to talk about it because I don't want to bail them out for always giving up so many threes. It's part of their defense. It's just a scheme. They, like, they try to limit all the shots at the rim, even though they haven't done a great job limiting the, the the rim field goal percentage this season. That's their scheme. Give up a whole lot of threes, and that's where they stand, and that's how it has been. Whether they're dropping or switching, that's what they do, right? That's what they're they're trying to do. So, the Heat are giving up a lot of threes. That's part of the plan. But then you got nights like these where you have a team with – and this is what I underestimated – a team with three long-time Heat killers. With <laughs> – Wayne Ellington, Malik Monk, and Avery Bradley to a different extent because he was more like a two-way guy than a shooter in those days where he was a heat killer. But all of those guys went off tonight in the worst way. Like, it's, it was almost like if Heat Twitter wrote the script itself, right? Like, okay, what's going to happen? LeBron's out. They're in L.A. Oh, yeah, Monk, Avery Bradley, and, and Wayne Ellington are going to combine for a million threes together. And that's what happened. And like you said, Marco, Bank threes, just so many weird circumstances tonight. Such a weird game. Brady, uh, and by the way, I forgot to mention before I go to you, Brady, Bam, I, I thought they did a great job feeding him in the second half compared to the first. I think that was a huge improvement there. Any of your takeaways from the third quarter heading into the fourth, Brady? Yeah, you hit on it right there. The, the, my main takeaway from the third quarter
1: specifically was, I think that was probably, that was definitely Bam at his best all-around quarter he's had of the season. Like, there's no doubt about that. Uh, defensively, he was all over the place. We mentioned kind of the adjustments in the second half. He was hitting guys on back cuts constantly, like he was the orchestrator of the offense. He had to be because Jimmy Butler was out. Obviously, Kyle Lowry takes so much off of that. Tyler Hero takes so much of the usage up. It was interesting to see them go to that and him kind of not have to pass it back to Lowry for Lowry to give it back to him, as we've seen so many times this season. He was just going, uh, and he was scoring, too. He was hitting the mid-range jumper. Uh, It kind of tailed off in the fourth, as we know, but the third quarter was pretty much what kept Miami in that game in the first place, just because of his aggression all around. And you, and you touched on the three point shooting. You mentioned Miami's defense kind of being constructed that they, they allow us to make threes, which is true because the role players just haven't been hitting them on these other teams. Like they play good defense, but like they've had open threes and they just haven't hit them. The role players tonight like, just hit them like 47% from three when you're shooting 27% from three, like, the free throw difference is big, but also the three point difference is a big deal when you're seeing that type of stuff. So, when you're going through these stretches, when you don't have Jimmy Butler putting pressure on the rim and you just have to straight up rely on perimeter ball movement and just hitting those threes, and you have two of your, you know, you have three three point shooters technically that are going to get up high attempts and two of them aren't making them, you know, that's going to be an issue. So, that was kind of the main takeaway. And I think Bamba kind of, leverage that a little bit just by his attack because if he wasn't attacking, I don't know what kind of shots Miami would have been generating in that third.
2: Yep, I loved it. I loved it because they were obviously missing that that rim attacking that Jimmy really brings on a consistent basis. Jimmy was going to work before he got injured, man. I love watching him play because anytime he gets anybody just slightly smaller than him, it's over. It's a bucket. It's it's a bucket or it's a foul or it's both like it was on that one Malik Monk shot. And Malik Monk isn't even like a terrible defender, by the way, as much as I talk about all the Lakers bad defenders, he's not a stopper by any means. But you know what I'm saying? Like Jimmy just makes it look so easy when he's got somebody who can't really match up with him size wise. Now, like I said, the BAM stuff was great to see in the third quarter. And to your point, Brady, the way that the Heat are giving up so many threes they've kept it at a low percentage despite that. Like you said, I been—I was looking it up as you were talking about it just to kind of confirm. I wanted to update to see where they were. I don't think this is updated past the Lakers game. I would doubt it. But per dunksandthrees.com, the Heat are keeping teams to the fourth worst in effective three-point percentage. And that's a stat that they have here. But, yeah, it's its just confirming more of what you're talking about. Now, to get into the good stuff, I think we took a little bit too long. Again, I'm still working through my second start here as, as a host,
3: I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient. Flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/miamiheat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/miamiheat.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We've got great help with Brady and Marco. Marco, I'm going to you here. The fourth quarter, what do you want to talk about here? Because it can go so many ways. There's obviously a whole lot that went on. I don't want to talk about individual plays at else This pot is going to take forever. What do you want to talk about from what went down in the fourth quarter? Uh, I think it's a, a
0: pattern that Miami needs to stop having. They need to get rid of the pattern they've had in close games. Uh, the Utah game, they squeaked out barely. Uh, the Indiana game, uh, we all saw what happened there without uh, Kyle, but this time you had Kyle in there and you had Kyle in for the Utah game. You got to do a better job of closing games out. You need to do a better job of getting easier shots for yourself, and that's what you got Kyle for. And I think Kyle is at fault there because he's not turning the corner looking to go to the rim. He's turning the corner looking to pass, which is funny enough. That was the thing we always criticized guys like Bam and Jimmy Ford. So I think Kyle needs to address the issues he's had this year of not attempting shots at the rim. This is this game. I felt like it was the first time I saw him attempt uh, two layups uh, in the same game. And, uh, and I don't like that. Uh, he needs to look more to turn the corner. He was telling Ky- Tyler hero to turn the corner. I was like, you need to take your own advice, my dude. Uh, so it's very uh, that's one thing I'm concerned about. And that will help so much of the other offense as well. Uh, I, I love how he kept beating bam as well. Cause that's great. I love that. But you also need to look for yours whenever the offense kind of bogs down and there's no Jimmy out there and you can't rely on Tyler to create every off the dribble offense you have. So, and you're not going to rely on Duncan to create that offense as well. Uh, so you're, you're going to have to be that guy to create that rim pressure and that that's not happening right now. And I think Kyle probably knows that. Uh, he probably, he can't just be a a three-point shooter uh he's a good three-point shooter he's always been a decent three-point shooter but I think he he needs to uh look at the rim more and that's a thing that I've had I've had my qualms about this year so far that's my only worry about Kyle so far is that uh and I hope he cleans that up because I think that fixes a lot of Miami's other problems uh by osmosis because i think if he does that i think everything else kind of falls into place but yeah it's the late game execution of rim pressure that i had a problem with and it's really ugly head that game too yeah you touched on like a lot of the the lowry stuff just downhill what they totally agree with like everything that you
1: were saying turning the corner uh it does feel like it's a repetition of what we're seeing from jimmy and bam but i think the three-point shooting is kind of what sticks out to me with, with lowry like Duncan Robinson, we're going to talk about right now in a second, but Kyle Lowry had some games thrown in there, at least that kind of made you feel better about it. But in the game tonight, where if you exclude Tyler Hero, which what I said, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, or Kyle Lowry or your three guys, high volume three point shooters. If you exclude Tyler Hero tonight, they were five for 29 from three. Like you just can't win games, many games like that. Like they went from a high volume three point shooting team to a team that's going through isolations, post ups, and, and three point shooting is not really involved there. You still have one of the best shooters on the planet. And as much as we sit here and say it, he's going to come along as I, you know, thinks going to happen. Uh, he's going to start hitting shots, but either way you cannot have a whole team that kind of has these nights, night overnight. They can squeak out wins. We've seen them have these low percentage nights and still get wins, but it's just going to be harder and harder as the season continues. Um, but like I said, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, two for 10 with Kyle Lowry, three for 13 for three with Duncan Robinson. Like he was, they were saying after the game, the shots they're getting are not bad shots. Like they're getting open shots. Kyle Lowry, I will say, is kind of trying to do a little bit too much where he's his shots are a little bit harder because he's trying to move, do a little movement shots more often because he's trying to figure out if he's going to create, if he's going to try to bail you out late in the shot clock. So it's a little different there. And as people were saying, he does so many different things throughout this game where you saw him basically, as we touched on in the third quarter, He kind of took the reins of the third quarter in terms of the initial play to get Bam going Was the lob pass to him. And then Bam kind of took off from there. You saw him get hero involved a bunch of times where he was driving and kicking, trying to take over that Jimmy roll. So he was doing a bunch of other things, but it just felt like a couple of those threes fell. That was going to be the difference maker. But in terms of Duncan Robinson, I think we know now as a lot of people were noting on Twitter and stuff that it is mental now, like the two free throws at the end, missing those two free throws, uh, that's just, that's just big time. Like it just feels like there's a lot of things going on with that. I think it was Kyle after the game that said something along the lines of him trying to, he has the contract, trying to live up to the contract on his mind. And it we talking about the mental side of things, and I thought that was an interesting way to go about it for him to say, because it feels like that's what it is. It feels like there's a lot of pressure or something or weight on his shoulders that he's trying to live up to this certain number that's on the piece of paper where he just has to be Duncan Robinson I think all the players and the coaches all trust him it seems like he's getting a lot of blame for this game but you look at like last game the other night where he was four for eight and you didn't really hear about it I think that's where it's a little bit uneven where it's been unfair when you have a loss like this where all the blame goes on him because it just felt like there were so many things that went wrong in this type of game you can't really go about it with the Jimmy thing because Jimmy obviously they didn't have LeBron so it's pretty even in that way but I think Overall, three-point shooting is probably what comes to mind for me more than just Duncan Robinson himself. So.
2: so you guys are incredible, man. You guys are really carrying me here with like you just went over so much there. And I say that in the best of possible ways because there's so many things that you made me think about in so little time. So I'm going to try to cover it in as little time as possible. I know it's not my strength, but here we go. We're all trying to take leaps here. The Tyler thing, like, he looked great tonight, even with those shots that he took at the end that didn't go down. He shot 11 of 22, you know, gave you another night where he, he gives you 27, 4, and 3. He just keeps showing himself to be that player. Again, the Lakers defense is food. We all know that, still. He just keeps showing it at a high level that he can get to his spots, even though he does a team that not shoot well from 3 or from the mid-range. The mid-range he did. He did what he was supposed to do. We know what he can and can do on offense. And... He is not the guy to be able to replace what Jimmy does. So I agree with a lot of the stuff you said there, a lot of the stuff you said with with Duncan, right? We're like, it was awful tonight. I agree that it's mental. Saying that it's mental just for the rest of Twitter doesn't mean that I think that he can't come back from it pretty damn soon, right? Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. So at least that's just how I feel. And then, you know what, before we get into the fourth quarter, because I want to do a little bit more of a looser thing there just to kind of you know, we, we, we're we going to be venting a little bit in this last segment. But before we get to that, I want to get to one more ad break since I didn't do it at the top. Um, CPT, another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. CPT of South Florida has provided small, medium businesses with the technology they need for decades, specializing in cloud-hosted phone systems and managed IT. If you own a small or medium business and are looking to save money on your monthly phone and internet costs, you should give TJ a call right now He has been helping South Florida businesses save thousands per month, and he can do the same for you. With a cloud phone system, you can work from anywhere on any device. For a free in-person consultation, call TJ at 954-966-2766. I'm going to repeat that. Call TJ at 954-966-2766. If you call now, there's a promotion that includes 25% off cloud phone services, including free phones and first months service free. Deal with an owner, not a sales rep. Give TJ at CPT a call once again at 954-966-2766 or visit his website at cpt-florida.com or you can even hit him up on Twitter at CPT South Florida. Shout out to CPT South Florida. And now back to five on the floor. All right, so now we're back on the last segment of the show. Finally, this has definitely gone on longer than I thought. That's what happens when I am hosting something. I just... You know, this is going, this is what happens, right? I'm, I'm not a veteran point guard like Kyle Lowry. I'm looking like Gabe Vinson out here. And I've got my guys, Marco Romo and Brady Hawk, the best riders we've got for the Miami Heat, both on 5 It's incredible. You can read more of their work there. There's a lot of it. So I, I would suggest you check out every single one. But now, really, we're going to get into the good stuff for real. The end of fourth quarter and overtime, so much went wrong for the Heat. With everything that we've talked about, right, the way that they lost Jimmy, the way that they couldn't get their threes to fall, they got everybody else from the Lakers to have, you know, career-high shooting nights all at the same time. And this stuff happened throughout the end of the game too. But it wasn't just that. We can't bail out the heat, give them those excuses. We got to be fair here. They, I just don't think they executed at a high level, right? And we can get into the specifics, but I don't think they did. Uh, I think it was a little bit too much of Kyle trying to make everybody else do something, which I, of course, enjoy. It worked out for Bam for periods. It worked out for Tyler for periods. But Kyle, I feel, didn't look for his shot enough down the stretch. Um, Not to blame everything on him. Obviously, the fact that Duncan missed those free throws. He had that one missed layup. Bam missed a free throw. I'm just venting at this point. This is a looser conversation. Where are you guys on the way that this game ended? I (laughs) I don't think I was a fan of anything that
0: happened in the last few minutes. Cause it felt kind of like they felt too much pressure at the moment. And this is the kind of stuff you work out throughout the season and you hope it doesn't rear its head uh, like later on. In the so this is the kind of stuff I'm glad they're getting these kind of reps in right now, but uh, you just hope that it doesn't repeat itself to where it becomes a trend. Cause trend, if it's a trend, it's going to really, really be a problem, but uh, it was really ugly. I thought they took way too long to get into certain sets. I thought they took too long to go into what they wanted to get into. Uh, I think they they got lost a little bit at times. Uh, the defense, uh, I think the defense was mostly fine because I thought they created enough havoc there. But I I think at a certain point you have to you have to kind of just put your hands in the air at some of these shots that uh, were going in for the Lakers uh, and at that point, you're going to be like, yeah, I guess it's not our night uh, and it's really annoying, but I thought they had a lot of brain farts at the end there that I think they, they should have had that game because Cooper Moorhead tweeted this out. He said, not a second. I thought they weren't going to win until the last seconds of the game, and I felt the same way because I thought they, were, they had that game even with all the stuff happening around them, but sometimes some of these games just kind of happen. Yes, I agree. I think the main takeaway for me was just everything
1: that came along with the chances that they had. Like I felt like they had so many chances in general that they should have won this game. Like you said, you mentioned the tweet from Cooper Moorhead saying about till the end. That's the way I felt as well. I just felt like Miami, you know, this is one that you could probably walk away from and learn from just because I felt like they had so many opportunities. Tyler had two shots down the stretch, which in no way is sad on him because he had an amazing game as we said before, uh, but he did have two decent looks. Obviously, he probably wouldn't have made that second shot if he didn't bobble it, like if he didn't regroup. Somehow regrouped, got it up, and almost made it again. Uh, P.J. Tucker had a put-back dunk at the end of regulation where I thought it was bam out of biocutting down down the baseline. (laughs) I thought it was bam out of cutting down the baseline. I don't know where that came from. Uh, But it was just a lot of stuff Where in overtime specifically, I think, that – they just had chance after chance to kind of go, as we said, the free throws were main one shots that they had opportunities with. Every time you kind of thought it was over, they end up getting a stop. They get a five second violation on an inbound. Like everything was kind of falling right into their lap and they couldn't pull away and capitalize. Or well, I think that's the difference of having Jimmy Butler, obviously. But once again, I don't want to keep saying that because obviously they were without LeBron James. So that's kind of a hard point to make, but I do think having, Jimmy Butler out there makes a difference. Kyle Lowry being next to him, kind of setting him up in that way. And Tyler hero being that release valve score is probably the way to go, but overall it just felt like this is a game where you had a bunch of chances. You got stops that were necessary. You made the adjustments defensively down the stretch. Uh, Obviously Westbrook got going in the mid range a couple of times there, but it was not a way that, you know, it wasn't a defensive lapse. Like you did what you had to do. You contested, you didn't need to throw a double at him. Uh, So it just felt like one of those games that it just, it's just not, it wasn't going to be a win in the win call.
2: Agreed. It was, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say much more than that. Like, like you said, right? Like the three stuff is crazy. The way that they were able to survive everything that happened and still have all the chances in the world to make something happen and really keep themselves in the game, they just screwed it up every time. So that's why I, I struggle with the blame game that's been going on with Heat Twitter for years when there's bad losses and, and there's pressure on the team to win. And Duncan's become that guy this season. I feel like it was BAM last season, right? I think that's shifted to Duncan. I, and I just I, – I use my mentions as a barometer. Maybe it's not the most scientific thing to do. But uh, getting past the whole blame game thing, I feel like the Heat, you know, you held – AD to 10 of 23, Westbrook to 10 of 22, not that he's the most efficient player ever. That's actually above his uh, season average, but like three or 4% from the field. And like you said, Brady, they let him get going for mid-range. I understand letting him shoot, but it was almost like wide open, pull up mid-range shots. Those, I mean, I would contest those a little bit, right? As much as I might say let Westbrook shoot obviously I I would feel strongly about that as opposed to letting him shoot wide open threes which I'm definitely good with right that's a small thing not that that's what lost him the game or anything but I feel like he got going a little bit with that type of shot and he was able to go back to it even though he banked some and he had some line drive makes that were just you know incredible to the eye like some stuff I've never seen before like it doesn't make any sense with uh, physics but science is not my strong suit that's why I'm you know, talking basketball right now. Uh, the last thing I want to mention, man, like the defense was there. Everything they had was there and they just couldn't take advantage. I don't know what's up with this team in the cr- in, in the clutch. And I know Ethan has brought this up before. This has never been a huge concern for me, but I'm starting to get more and more concerned. Even with, obviously when Jimmy's there, you've got way more options. This team has a lot more options that they can go to to make stuff happen the last season. So even though I can say that, I still don't like the way that they execute in the half court um, in crunch time. It's not my favorite thing to watch. The fact that they missed all those free throws. I mean, if you're a Heat fan tonight, was just one of the worst ways you could lose. With everybody watching on national TV, with your star player getting hurt, even though it may or may not be serious, Uh it, it doesn't seem like it is. Spo said in the post-game media uh, scrum that, you know, we'll find out more tomorrow. That's what he always says. It didn't seem serious just from the tone, but that's obviously me reading into it and speculating recklessly. That's not something Ethan would do as a vet host here. And now to wrap this up and put a bow on this uh, extremely messy show, I want to thank Marco Romo and Brady Hawk. Again, the best writers we have covering the Heat on a consistent basis for coming on and doing this part of me past two in the morning with all the audio and technical issues with you know, having the audible last second with no Ethan, because he's over there in LA, right? Ethan's over there working. Leif has to get up early in the morning. The man has a family, cannot blame him. But we, we do what we got to do, man. This is, this is culture. So again, thank you to you guys for coming on. And thank you to the Five Reasons sponsors. And specifically from this show, CPT and everything trade shows, the rest of the sponsors, go listen to the Clutch Corner. They did a show after this game. Go listen to Feel the Heat, Alana and Michael's podcast, and everything else that's on 5 Reasons Sports, and especially Marco and Brady's writing on FiveReasonSports.com. There's plenty of it, and you should read every single one, like I said earlier. Thank you to you guys. Uh, There's a good chance you never have to hear me host again, and you're welcome. Have a good night.
3: Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.